This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. Magwai, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're continuing our Christmas month by discussing... Wait, you've never seen Gremlins? Gremlins? Gremlins, you say? So, I just have two trigger warnings. There was some Chinese stereotypes... Oh, when they go, when the dude goes to get the mogwai from the shop in Chinatown, and there's one character who just talks nonstop about how much he hates foreigners, which was bizarre even for the '80s, I guess. But anyway, right? Oh, like foreign cars, and the reason that your car isn't working is because it's a Ford or whatever, you know. It's an, or it's not a Ford. It's a it's a Volkswagen. That's what right, it was. Right, Volkswagen. Which is ridiculous, also because like Volkswagens just have an impeccable record. All right, the Beetle, the Volkswagen Beetle was considered, you know, kind of trashy. But I still see them on the road. Me too. I think they just stopped making them though after this last round. Well, I'm talking about the ones from, like, 1967 you can still oh, buy. Oh, yeah. Occasionally, you'll <laughs> you see them. You can see an old, old-timey one. I learned, this is has nothing to do with anything, but I learned how to drive stick in my friend's uh, Volkswagen Beetle. She restored a Volkswagen Beetle when she was, like, 17, which... I, wow. I couldn't do that at any point in my life. And, uh, yeah, she let me, um, she let me learn how to drive stick in her car. She had a bottle of lead that you had to add to the car. Okay, we're getting way off track. This episode is not brought to you by Volkswagen. They're not They're not paying us, so we should <laughs> stop talking about them. So, what three things did you expect from this movie? So, I expected small Furby-like creatures. Okay. I should have said Tribble-like creatures. They were more Tribble-like. Um, I knew you couldn't get them wet. Okay. I wasn't sure why, though. <laughs> and they will try to take over the world. Wow. That's that's a lot. It's a lot. So, did you expect to like this? Um, I was pretty neutral. I wasn't really sure what to expect. Is it going to be like more of a horror movie? Is it a comedy movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Is it some of all of the above? So I'm just like three stars. You kind of, that's pretty much, <laughs> they try to do all those things, don't they? I, pretty I believe. much. So your rating expectation for this movie? Three stars. Three. So what is your one? I'm trying not to read. <laughs> I'm, and you're giggling. I'm trying not to read your one-sentence IMDb summary. Okay. It looks long. <laughs> After scaring the crap out of William Shatner by standing on an airplane wing, <laughs> the gremlin retires to the suburbs to settle down and raise a family of cute, cuddly, and tyrannical children. Every one of these should be a pitch that you should be giving to... <laughs> Writer, producer, team, maybe. Call me Hollywood. 
IMDB says about Gremlins, 1984. I was 10 years old, by the way. That's not here on IMDb. Gremlins, 1984. PG. It's 106 minutes. Thank goodness. That's not bad. Not bad for this movie. Especially for the movies I pick. Usually it's like 350 minutes. <laughs> of like Stan- Looking at you, Watchmen. <laughs> and Stanley Kubrick trying to like focus on a... Trying to perfectly focus his camera. <laughs> Oh, so the genre mm-hmm. is comedy fantasy horror. <laughs> a boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolent, mischievous monsters on a small town. Oh, man. I have so many questions. <laughs> well, we'll get to those. So, they did start out as Furby-like creatures. Well, a creature. A creature. There's only one Mogwai in Furby, in the Furby state. Right. <laughs> well, they start out that way, and then they transform into oh, the I scary forget. ones. Well, right. We. Right. There are. Um, yeah. What am I saying? There are five. Five Furbies. Mm-hmm. No, six. Six total, maybe. I think six total. Yes. Um. You definitely can't get them wet unless you want a billion more. Um, but they didn't really try to take over the world. I mean, just this one town, but if they hadn't been stopped, they might have set their sights a whole lot bigger, you know? Well, I think they would probably have to have, Stripe was not a very good leader. Let's, can we just, can we say that right now? Yeah. Cause yeah, was he good at producing an army of himself? Sure. Right. But then like. Don't spend your time doing cute, like, cute setups for the camera. Like, <laughs> spend your time going, okay, look, yeah, eat some popcorn, let's get drunk at the bar, but sober up, and let's figure out what we're going to do when the sun comes up. Doesn't he know about the sun? Yeah, that that was kind of a question that I had, is, like, the town just has to wait him out until the sun comes up. I mean, some of them will be indoors and away from the sun. And so then you can, like, strategically you know, corner them and take them to a nice country in the home for gremlins <laughs> um, where, of course, they won't be killed. There could have been, like, an aspect of this movie that was, like, a vampire picture, you know? What do you mean? Like, vampires do their business at night and then oh, they have right. to, mm-hmm. you know, their enemy is also the sun. But they didn't, yeah, they didn't really, they didn't go for that. So, has your rating changed? Um, I'm still keeping it at three stars. I think I would have enjoyed this movie more as a child. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I felt like I was watching a kid's movie. Not like in a bad way, just like in a, I'm not the audience for, like, there was, you know, gore and, like, I can picture, you know, eight-year-olds really enjoying this movie. Um, right. So, but, I mean, I'm not going to hold that against the movie, um, so I'm going to keep it at three stars. I think it's different. I mean, th- this movie did try to have dramatic moments. I think it tried to have touching moments, but it wasn't like watching E.T. I think an adult can watch E.T. having mm-hmm. never seen it as a child, and mm-hmm. I think enjoy it and be touched by it and all that. 
Right. So, can we talk about these rules? It tells you the whole GD movie. Like, everything is going to happen is based around these three rules. I kind of like and don't like that at the same time. Well, here's the thing. Yes. So, the dad, Peltzer, Rand Peltzer, he goes to the shop in Chinatown. Mm. And the old dude is like, it's not for sale. And then the young kid comes out and it's like, Randall, does... Pel- Randall Peltzer, if I may. Okay. And he's like, my grandpa doesn't know what he's talking about. We need the money. So here you go. But here are the rules. You can't, you have to keep them out of the light because sunlight kills them. You can't get them wet and you can't feed them after midnight. Yes. Okay. First of all, why didn't Pe- Peltzer ask what happens if i break one of these rules yeah what happens if if it does get wet so you know i'm prepared do i need to take it to the vet i don't know yeah if you like hey uh would you like to adopt a dog uh virginia well i already have one but sure i'll adopt another one okay great don't feed it two pounds of chocolate oh okay thanks for that warning you're just going to go away and you don't want to know why? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I'm going to go home and feed it two pounds of chocolate. You're just going to leave two pounds of chocolate laying around. <laughs> so here's something. I This might be too pedantic, but you're, you're not supposed to feed them after midnight. <laughs> what is the cutoff time? Because technically we're recording this at 3.08 p.m., it's after midnight. Midnight after was midnight. earlier this morning. So after midnight, you know that. What I'm, I'm put. She's giving me a look, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm trying to give her a music bed. So, like, is the? I'm kind of seriously asking: Is there a time frame? Like, you can't feed them between midnight and six a.m. You so know what I'm is, saying? Is it like D and D rules where if you have. If you can use a magical item only once per day, does it recharge when the sun rises? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is it those kinds of rules? Well, if sunlight kills them, maybe it is. You can't feed them after midnight until when the sun comes up. Yeah, I think it's the sun comes up. That mm-hmm. makes that that's... would make sense. I mean, in the world of gremlins, it would make sense. <laughs> um, getting them wet, they turn into freaking tribbles. Which, if some of our listeners are not Star Trek fans, Tribbles are the most adorable little aliens in the Star Trek universe. Um, But they're born pregnant. So basically, they, they just reproduce at an astronomical rate. That wasn't hyperbole when Bone said that. That's a literal thing. Yes, that's a literal thing. Best I can tell, they're born pregnant. Because they said that in the new um, short trek, too. The Trouble with Edward. Oh, right. <laughs> um, the, the Trouble with Ar- with Archer. Yeah, anyway. the same guy that plays Archer. Anyway, Sorry. Okay, sidetrack. <laughs> anyway, so they just... They're like tribbles. They're just popping out everywhere. And so, like, I just... So the dad doesn't ask what happens when you... You know, do this. Yeah. He gives the pet to the kid. He gives Gizmo. He just randomly names him Gizmo on the way home from 
Chinatown, by the way. Because he's an inventor. Oh, can I just can I just slip in here real quick with um, this is small town America, mm-hmm. except they also have a Chinatown there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have both, you know, Main Street, you know. Maybe it was maybe it was like the city next door, and he was because he's a traveling salesman. Maybe he was picking it up on his way home back to. You know, small town USA. Anyway. Yes. So they're reproducing like tribbles. Yes. The dad gets the rules from the from the kid. The dad does tell the rules to the son, to his own son, mm-hmm. when he gives him the uh the mogwai. 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 But then he the kid starts give, like he gave one to the science teacher but he didn't say hey science teacher there's some rules here like you can't do blah 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 yeah. and then what of course does the science teacher do he, he a... gets him wet <laughs> and he has a samo you know oh right just uh, i'm just going to leave my sandwich on the lab table which is so hygienic for a science a science lab disgusting i forgot he did say he did the kid did demonstrate to the science teacher with that little eyedropper. Remember, he got it like oh, wet yeah. in the one oh, and that's why he he was like, oh, cool. Well, since you have an extra, can you go ahead and can you go ahead and leave this one here? But then he didn't say, hey, don't feed him after midnight and uh, watch out for the sunlight. He didn't say those things. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely didn't say feed him after midnight because we both commented on the sandwich he just left there. We watched this about a week ago. (laughs) So, before we move on from the rules, not that, I mean, the rules of the whole movie, but, so, there's weird inconsistencies. Like, at one point, um, one of the Magua, it might be Gizmo, is, like, in the snow, like, shaking snow off. Doesn't that melt? Why oh. doesn't that melt and make more, yeah. <laughs> more mogwai? And then you know, Stripe throws himself in a swimming pool. That was a pretty cool image of you know the lights, everything freaking out and like, okay, now we're only down to one. At that point in the story, we're only down to him, and then now we're making a zillion of them. So that was a cool effect. But then they go to the bar. What do you do at a bar? You're drinking beer and other wet things. That's true. Yeah. Shouldn't they be like chinchilla, like like chinchillas? You can't get a chinchilla wet. Like you can't just leave a bowl of water in a chinchilla's cage or something like that. Like I've not heard of this. Chinchillas shouldn't get wet or something like that. I remember being fascinated by that fact, which I learned when I was ten. So it's probably <laughs> wrong. Probably wrong. But yeah, the bar should be filled with new gremlins. Yes, I agree. Um, they did briefly mention that, and this is a common, commonly held belief that's a myth, um, is that the suicide rate goes up during the holidays. Is that a myth? Um. Did you look it up? According to the CDC, which, I mean, in this political environment, maybe, may not be as reliable as it used to be, but the CDC does say the idea that suicides occur more frequently during the holidays holiday season is a long perpetuated myth 
Mm. A recent analysis found that 50% of articles written during the 2009-2010 holiday season perpetuated that myth. CDC's National Center for Health Statistics reports that the suicide rate is, in fact, the lowest in December. The rate peaks in the spring and fall. This pattern has not changed in recent years. The holiday suicide myth supports misinformation about suicide that might ultimately hamper prevention efforts. Oh, that's sad. So, yeah, just... It's interesting, though, because people, like, in general, and if someone's asked what their favorite season is, mm-hmm. people usually say the spring or the fall. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Winter usually is too cold, and the summer can be too hot. That's almost more sad, but, like... Yeah. Anyway. So... The mom in this movie... Wait, can we talk at all about, like, how re- how horrible that story was since we're on horrible... You know, before we move on from horrible stuff, Katie's story about her dad? What the hell was that? that was so unnecessary. What was that? Was... Is this the first time that that story has been... Is, like, this where the joke comes... The joke, quote, unquote, comes I- from... Why do I sort of remember it might it may have been like fake stories forwarded, you know, an email forward from 1998 or something. Mhm. But I could have sworn I've seen this happen. But that's what I'm saying is this happens in a movie in 1984 yeah. and then 1998 you get some ridiculous forwarded email because somebody says, yeah. "Hey, remember I saw that in Gremlins that one time? I'm going to make people it- think that's what really happened." That's what I'm asking. I mean, Christmas, it goes back, you know, the Christmas tradition as we have it of Santa coming down the chimney. That's a pretty old, at least like to the 50s or 40s, like Santa coming, the, we've had the image of Santa that we've had since like the, the Sunbloom. Sunbloom was a, um, an illustrator who mm-hmm. did a, a series of illustrations for Coca-Cola. Right. I think that was early 1900s. Early 1900s? I thought that was the 50s. 1931. Coca-Cola introduced a new friendly human image of Santa created by illustrator Haddon Sunbloom, Sunbloom in December 1931. Well, there you go. So, yeah, we, we think of... Well, now... Like, retroactively, we just think of... The the myth is, no, Santa's always been the way he is now. Right. Since the beginning of time. Right. <laughs> Santa was there at the manger. <laughs> he was one of... Little known fact, he was one of the three wise men. I always wanted to put, like, Santa at the manger. He brought... Manger. Candy canes. Gold, frankincense, myrrh, and candy canes. Uh, we're... You know, can we rename our <laughs> podcast In the Weeds with Shane and Virginia? Oh, man. Yeah, so that story, the story is they thought their, Kate's, Kate's family thought their dad had abandoned them because he just Which, disappeared on Christmas one day. Already horrible. Right. But really, he wanted to surprise them by getting all of the presents oh and God. coming down the chimney but he slipped or he tripped or something happened and he broke his neck in the chimney and died instantly. But the worst part to me is she only realized it when she opened the flue and smelled it. Yeah, that's She whole. smelled her dad's 
corpse, okay? What the hell? How is she not, like... Did they have meth in 1984? Like, how is she not, like, just ruined forever? Why is she... Shouldn't she be, like, in a... In a crack den? <laughs> she... I'm surprised she did not have more problems than she did. Um, That's a kinder way to put it. Yeah. We are treated to... A young, adorable, precocious version of Corey Haim. That's right. <laughs> oh. And is he a bro- he's a friend? He's a friend. I believe so. Why in the eighties were like older teenagers just hanging out a, a lot with like little kids and like adults like Doc Brown hanging out with a six, six seventeen year old, mm-hmm. Mar- mm-hmm. Marty McFly. Weird. Uh, encouraging him without his parents' knowledge to meet him in a mall. At uh, night? Yeah, that's weird. It is weird. In his van. That is really weird. <laughs> the 80s were something else, man. They were something else. And that's not the strangest thing about that movie, but we're not talking about that movie. Um, so, the mom in this movie yes. was pretty badass. <laughs> She walked into that kitchen and straight up killed three of the five evil gremlins. Yeah. Just killed them. Yeah. Yeah, Like, when the zombie apocalypse comes, that's who I want on my team. Sure. Yeah. It was a little gross, and I don't envy her having to clean it up, because that, because, you know. I think you just burn the house. You burn the house down. Burn the house down, just start all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid so. Goodness. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I have two more questions. Yes, ma'am. So, when Rand Peltzer was at the um, at the convention while all of this is going down with the Gremlins, mm-hmm. he's calling them from a payphone at the convention, and there's a giant robot. Did you notice the robot? Oh, Robbie the robot. Is that Danger Will Robbins? Oh, is that what it was supposed to be? I was That's thinking, is this, is this a nod to, like, the Twilight Zone robots that we would see, you know? But, obviously, it's something else. No, I believe it was, like, straight up, like, like when the Harlem Globetrotters, like, showed up on uh, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> it was sort of like that. It was like, oh, we have a guest star. I see. I see. <laughs> That's how I... S- oh, we should have looked at the credits. I wonder if it was, like... And Robbie the Robot as himself. <laughs> oh, just like Skeleton. <laughs> That's House on Haunted Hill, if you, if our audience wants to go back to that episode. It's a deep cut. Okay, yes. my final question. Yes, ma'am. Will Rand Peltzer be held accountable <laughs> for introducing an invasive species into <laughs> small-town America? And if so, how? Your response, sir? Um, well, if he's held responsible, then the kung fu master who sold him the magwai to begin with. Kung fu master. I'm sorry. The the guy who sold the magwai in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. He, he honestly looks like th- there's this um, character, I can't remember his name, but there's an old wizen 
uh, white, long-haired kung fu master in every movie, every kung fu movie. He's an older gentleman who, like, teaches you, Mm -hmm. you know... Shows you you the way. Mm -hmm. And he seems mean at first, Mm -hmm. but you learn kung fu. Right. (laughs) Sorry, that was... Sorry, that's maybe a little racist. Anyway, um, he's, I mean, you know, right, Peltzer was was not responsible with the Mogwai, but the Mogwai wouldn't be there if he wasn't in, he, he didn't import the invasive, import the invasive species. Mm-hmm. He was irresponsible with it. So it's like the person who brings a strange vine from you know the the jungles, the rainforest, mm-hmm. um, and then just has it in a little glass you know glass case inside their greenhouse. And then if you go and plant it, you know you you sell it. The person who sells it to the guy who's now going to try to make a million dollars by you know planting it in the ground, and then it takes over the town. Mm-hmm. It's probably the guy ultimately who imported it. Yeah, but his actions still resulted in the near destruction of a small town. It doesn't matter that he didn't actually I mean, I get I get the point you're saying. Okay. I, I do understand. But I'm saying he because he was irresponsible with the gremlins, he himself his irresponsibility is now his responsibility because he didn't pay attention to what the little boys said. It's true. And didn't sufficiently convey that like how irresponsible is it to give a strange pet this isn't something you can go to like the american kennel club and be like is this a german shepherd and then you (laughs) give that to your son without properly training him in the care of that pet like everyone's at fault here my point i think is if pelter goes down the guy who sold sold him the Mogwai also goes down. Peltzer is not going down alone. Well, <laughs> in that case, would it be the little kid that goes down because the old guy was like, no, you can't have it. It's not for sale. But it was the kid who actually sold it to him. Oh, was it? So, do you want to put little kids in jail? Is that what you're saying? Wow. <laughs> Look, I'm a liberal and not all that tough on crime. So I think I should probably back off this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this argument. Oh man! Yeah, you know what? Like the I don't suggest that we watch Gremlins two. Sorry, Gremlins two fans out there, but like Gremlins two is even more of a cartoon than this mm-hmm. one was. It's so it's so ridiculous. Like it it's so campy, but like it would be funny if Gremlins two was like. The trial. You know. <laughs> oh my god! And then there could be a Twelve Angry Men spinoff called Twelve Angry Gremlins, where like the gremlins, because you, you have to be tried by a jury of your peers. What? <laughs> if the, you're trying the gremlin, no, we're, we're not, not trying, trying the not gremlin. Trying the <laughs> we could try. Did stripe, stripe died? The Stripe died, I think. Right? Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> so. There's no one left to punish Gremlin-wise. <laughs> it's only irresponsible humans. Do you think people would start uh, start discriminating against Gizmo? 
He's still cute and cuddly, so I don't think they would. No, I think that would be um, whatever racism is for a mythological creature. <laughs> Speciesism. But fans. Fantastic speciesism. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to go to the Bechtel test? Yes, ma'am. I got okay. I'm just gonna guess without thinking. I'm gonna say no. Didn't pass the Bechtel test. It's kind of iffy to okay. me. All right. Because Mrs. Joe Harris tries to stop Ruby Deagle on the street to talk about her family's financial affairs, okay. financial problems. Mm-hmm. The reason I say it's iffy is because she only introduces herself as Mrs. Joe Harris, which uh. is not, which is her name if you go by old naming convention. So I guess that technically is true. But one of the first things she said is, um, "My husband got a job, so now we'll be able to, you know, make payments more frequently or whatever." And then she mentioned she also got a job, so I'm like. I don't know. It seems... So then if you're just strictly talking about finances after that, and she has a job, then, yeah, it's that's muddy. She mentions her husband, but is it about her husband? Or is it about their situation? That's why I say it's iffy. It depends what... Yeah, it depends what you mean by about. Mm-hmm. Almost. <laughs> like, we're, we what need is a, your definition of it? <laughs> right, yeah. We need a, law- <laughs> we need a deposition uh, lawyer to, <laughs> to figure that one out. So, has your opinion changed since you since you saw it last? Um, I remember just love. I saw this movie in the theater mm-hmm. when I was ten, as I mentioned. So, so target it, audience. It didn't super hold up as you might <laughs> imagine, and I remember having to pretend that I believed in Santa even past this age. Because you have a little brother? That was part of it. Yeah. I can't remember the details exactly. But I'm... This is terrible. There was one... There was one Christmas where I think I was... I was... I'm pretty sure I was 12. Mm -hmm. Where my sister found all of our Christmas presents. (laughs) And she... So she would have been 14 at that time. Yes. Okay. And oh my dad was so he was so mad as you as you would be right. But then like we're, they were this was pre wrapping then, so you just saw what they were right. Okay, right. He was so mad. He's like, we're gonna send these. We're gonna take these back and blah blah blah. Meanwhile, we got all the presents. Thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> I got robot. I got robotics. Wow. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's this like. It sounds like a some something to make robots with <laughs> right it's like legos meets real robotics like in oh, a okay. very simple way you could make these things that sort of like do very you know you know very rudimentary like anyway i was i was thrilled with it I'd lo- oh gosh i love that i love that thing but you couldn't make a robot that would go make you a sandwich like not that they said that you could not do like that. robbie the robot i think i was promised sandwiches <laughs> Uh, at some point. But anyway, uh, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't like hold, like you're right, it is, I must concede that it is a kid's movie that, you know, doesn't really, doesn't really hold up. Like if we weren't doing this podcast, I probably wouldn't say, let's watch Gremlins. (laughs) You know. So, 
Are there any pop culture references you now understand? Um, not, I mean, there are a lot of memes and pictures that have gremlins in them, and so (laughs) now I have a little more context for those. Okay. Um, I do have a question about gremlins too, though, because there was a meme I sent you the other day, because, um... As some of our audience may know, Baby Yoda is a thing now mm-hmm. from The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Oh, my god! Who's gosh. not paying us either. So good, by the way. It is. Um, but the meme was, um, it was the set of the Maury show, and it was a picture of Baby Yoda, like, on the screen, and then it had Yoda and what I assume is a female gremlin from Gremlins 2, maybe? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Right, there is like a female. And she's dressed like a lady of the evening. Indeed, she was. With makeup like that Divine would say was too much. <laughs> so, I'm, so I was like, oh, that's funny. It's a gremlin and Yoda, and they had baby Yoda. And then I'm like, wait, I don't remember seeing this gremlin in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's gremlins, too. Again, don't, don't be... Don't be tricked into thinking gremlins too. It'd be fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, nothing, nothing specific. Just especially around Christmas time, they seem to be everywhere, and so it just it ma- they make more sense now. So, a couple of things. Not that you would pick this up. Mm-hmm. Not that anyone would pick this up. But, but the box that the Mogwai comes in mm-hmm. is like little holes in the side. It's roughly a square box. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie Ready Player One, which has lots and lots of '80s references, and oh right, uh-huh. uh huh, directed by Spielberg, but Spielberg was just oh I'm so irritated by how he was like, we can't have any references to my movies because that would be too self-aggrandizing. Is that how he talks? A little bit. He kind of has a little bit of a lisp, which is mean to make fun of. But anyway. He's like, yeah, we can't... Like, there's tons and tons of references in the book to Spielberg movies from the 80s. But he's like, no, no, no. He, he shied away from all of that. And I'm like, okay, but you made, like, some of the best movies in right, the 80s. Right, So, um, the... So, in Ready Player One, the the cube of Akshuvox, which is a, a magical item from Dungeons & Dragons that allows... Uh, a super shield to go over you know it's it's used in the final in the final scene that big battle the big battle when everyone's trying to like get into the castle at the end of are are you talking about in the movie or in Dungeons and Dragons at the end of the movie Ready Player One okay it's a huge battle scene and they're all trying to right yes the the last the last level as you were the the last boss if you Mm -hmm. will uh, is protected by this big shield, mm-hmm. and the big shield is produced by the cube of Akshuvox. I see. And when it's obtained earlier in the movie, this big giant avatar kind of throws it down, and you're like, "That's the Mogwai came in there." <laughs> it's the same box. I see. <laughs> Again, not something, not something you should notice. <laughs> another, another quick thing. Steven Spielberg has a cameo in this. Really? When? <laughs> During the... It's super quick. There's all that, like, weird action when Peltzer is on the on the payphone that's inexplicably in the middle of an inventor's conference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's the best place. 
for uh we didn't really talk about all the weird little inventions all over the house oh, God. <laughs> those were kind of cute but anyway he uh spielberg drives by in a golf cart just oh huh it's just one of those weird things I didn't even notice. <laughs> you, you wouldn't really notice. But it's definitely, like, he he's wearing the Steven Spielberg outfit. Right. <laughs> like, like out-of-place baseball hat and poofy 80s hair coming out the back. I think he right. had his sunglasses, his sunglasses on. <laughs> he didn't direct this, though, but it was a Spielberg production, Correct. right? Yeah. Okay. How would this movie be different with today's technology? Okay, the biggest thing I noticed <laughs> okay. was when Stripe tricked Billy into feeding them after midnight yes. because he looked over at the clock All on his right. side table <laughs> and was like, oh, it's not midnight yet. Guess 11, I can feed whatever. you. If he would have just had his cell phone clock or a battery-operated clock, he would have known it's after midnight. Don't feed them. Yeah, time is not a thing that you can use as a story device anymore in a modern movie with people with cell phones in their pockets right. all the time. Unless there's like some sort of uh, like a electromagnetic pulse that like takes out all of the cell phones or something like that. Or, or more sneakily like a uh, some sort of app that takes control of the phone and gives you a fake time or whatever. Right. You need a super smart gremlin for that. That's true. To write apps and then infect your phone <laughs> with it. Well, if they keep having kids with Yoda, you may eventually get to that point. That's, oh, he, that's it. Gremlins 3. <laughs> Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda Strikes. on the town. <laughs> um... Also, the gremlins were messing with the TV antenna, <laughs> which isn't really a thing anymore. I always, I'm sure I've mentioned this on our show before, but um, I grew up out in the country, and when I mean out in the country, I mean the country. And um, like, you're lucky if you get like cell phone coverage. Right, you couldn't like get those... cell phone coverage out there until maybe five or ten years ago. Like, if you look at the state of Texas on any cell phone carrier maps, <laughs> <laughs> you, you grow up in one of the specks of gray. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so obviously we didn't have cable or even satellite or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so we had a large antenna, not, not little bunny ears. I mean, probably a... 25-foot antenna attached to our house. Did Carl Sagan come out and, like, <laughs> when you're not using this, you can reach outer space and contact aliens. He didn't really... So you'd <laughs> anyway. have to move it. You had to spin it with a wrench. Oh, my gosh, really? To turn really? it. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't a simple... No. No, you had to actually get... We had a we had a wrench right by the door, so. I'm thinking a giant plumber's wrench. Is that the kind of wrench we're talking about? Like. Um, probably like, a wrench. Maybe not. We have our microphone set up on a um, board game box, and it's not quite as long as the board game box. So maybe. Twelve, sixteen yeah. inches, something yeah. like that. Okay, so not a big giant. Big giant wrench. Right, so. 
we were between San Antonio and Corpus, so depending on the weather, we would either have to point it at San Antonio, oh my goodness. which we could get three channels, or point mm. it towards Corpus, where we could get two channels. So you either have no channels or more channels than anyone in either person in either of those cities. Well, no, every every metropolitan area had their ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. Right, but what and I we mean... we could never get all four of those. Oh, oh, oh I see, I see. Well, I'm thinking, like, the, the guy in San Antonio on the local news is biased towards this, so let's... <laughs> so let's bend it towards Houston. No, it's more, it's more like, why is... Um, why is the um, the news guy from San Antonio suddenly talking to Max and the Grinch because somehow their signals have gotten crossed in our antenna. Really? And so now it looks like you're half watching the newscast. This actually happened with Steel Magnolias. That would be a better example. Wow. Um, we were watching Steel Magnolias and all of a sudden it gets to... Have you seen it? Yeah. It gets to the part where like she's on life support and they're going to have to cut off the life support. And all of a sudden, we hear a used car commercial coming through the television. <laughs> Everyone's sad. And I'm like, what is happening? And so my mom's like, okay, what's happening now? Is they're signing the papers to terminate the life support? So we're watching the movie, hearing something else, <laughs> and my mother is narrating. <laughs> so when I, like, seeing them mess with the antennas, I'm like, no, that, we don't do that anymore. My parents have satellite now. If my parents have satellite, we don't have antennas anymore. <laughs> I'm sure there are still some people who have giant antennas, but anyway. Well, yeah, evidently, if you don't have... Aren't those... There are those digital rabbit ears, essentially, now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, cool. I had that for a while when I moved to Austin the first time. But those are really cool because you get... Um, you get, like, a ton of channels. You even. get dozens and dozens of channels for each... For each, like, affiliate, they would be, like, they just, like, hey, here's our catalog of whatever crappy movies, and yeah. they just throw them up. The PBS Create channel was really good. Oh, they yeah. had a lot of cooking shows and stuff on there, and I oh. love watching cooking shows. Yeah, cool. we really should just rename our show Into the Weeds. Wow, okay. <clears throat> Do you have anything else to discuss? I have one more thing. Okay. So, I would like a bathroom buddy. The not one, no. not one to actually use, but it's like it's so impractical and ridiculous, like that, that like molded. She has a look on her face. I'm just right thinking, now. like, is this what I'm gonna have to tell Santa that you want in your stocking? Is a bathroom <laughs> buddy. <laughs> I just think it would be really hilarious to have like this really impractical. <laughs> Who's gonna sit there with this big chunk? Like it's as big as like. It's big as like a a large burrito, <laughs> and then th there's a toothbrush that comes out, or right. a the razor. razor. A razor. You're gonna sit there with a whole burrito and like <laughs> shave your face with a burrito? No. Oh man. I love how impractical it is, and he's just so enthusiastic. He's so enthusiastic about all, and I love and that. He's like, his... And the sales and the pitch, like this is gonna change your life, sir. You're from. You're gonna think about this moment as. Before the bathroom buddy and after the bathroom buddy. He's almost like a preacher the way he would talk. Yes. Anyway, I interrupted you. Um, oh, 
I I appreciate how much effort his long-suffering wife puts. Like, she'll try the invention, and right. then when the invention ultimately doesn't work, she's like, "Okay, we'll just just we'll just do it the right way." But she really <laughs> does give it the old college try at first. Yeah, so. the egg, the automatic egg, uh, egg breaker that used the 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 drinking birds. That's, is, isn't that like cannibalism? <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. Okay. Sh- should we end this this long show? I'm afraid so. Okay. So that about wraps it up. You can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. The URL recently changed. So it's CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. And you can find a lot of other great shows there, like uh, The Landing Party and uh, the Super Fan Talk podcast that we talked about a little earlier. When does the... uh, When do you all start talking about... When do we get new, new, new Discovery? Um, New Discovery will be in 2020. Um, What we'll get first is the Picard show it's not called the picard show it's just called picard Picard. um that comes out january 23rd i want to say i'm stoked for that i am too that looks so good i love patrick stewart he's amazing okay so um as for us just go to waityouveneverseen.com to find links social media and contact information Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching Wh- White Christmas. I agreed to watch White White Christmas. Not only that, uh, you agreed to to discuss it with my sisters. Go ahead. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. We need to work We're, on your harmony. Hey. Look, I'm a musical genius. It's just that I feel like I'm Van Gogh, who is never appreciated in his time for his artistry. We should go. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 